Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant. Glad that all of you could come along with us as you do daily, the many thousands of you out there who come along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. It is a great day. In the USA, have a jam-packed show coming up for you, one that I'm sure uh, you are going to treasure. If you don't have uh, the free um, C.L. Bryant Show app on your phone, download it. Download it. Go to uh, the App Store and download the C.L. Bryant Show onto your favorite device. All of our friends in New York City, if you're traveling through Times Square, look up above Ripley's Believe It or Not. And the Red State Talk billboard is right there above Ripley's. And every hour, 24 hours a day, uh, the C.L. Bryan show does pop up right there. And old C.L.'s face looking right back at you there in Times Square. I want to thank all of our terrestrial stations who replay us and Loving Liberty, as well as Liberty Roundtable, who have invited us into their family, too. Thank you so much for being with us. Well, I want you to pay close attention because uh, the tide and the wind of change is surely blowing in a different direction. Someone who has been on board with uh, President Donald John Trump uh, since he was candidate Donald Trump and before then is my next guest. He is a shaker and mover in this country. He is a testament to the tide that is changing. Pastor of the New Spirit Revival Center in Cleveland Heights, Ohio. He is, of course, uh, a child of God, a friend of the show, and an advisor to the President of the United States. Help me welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show, Reverend Dr. Right Reverend Daryl Scott. How are you, brother? I'm doing great, my friend. How are you today? And thank you for that uh that, that, that grand intro. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl, it's always great to have you on. I need to, I need to take that and play that. I'm going to, we're going to send it to you. <laughs> Listen, man, it's always great to have you on the show, uh, not only because of uh, your personality and the ministry that you have had uh, before uh, this journey and, of course, incorporating this journey with it, but because now you are uh, a very vocal and very visible uh, face of the administration, particularly in our community, the black community. And, uh, Pastor Scott, I want to open our conversation by asking, Asking this question, is it possible that we, uh, that black people, Americans too, all Americans, uh, white or black, are beginning to see through 
what these hypocritical Democrats are doing. Talk to us about it. You're absolutely right. You know, um, uh, the saying, if you don't believe in me for the words I speak, then believe in me for the works that I do. Amen. And, you know, in, 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 in 2015 and 2016, we pointed forward to what we were stating that this president would do. Now we're able to point back at things that this president has done, and they're undeniable. I mean, I'm not comparing him to the Lord in any way, form, or fashion, but the Bible says for those that doubted the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it said that he showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. And Donald Trump is uh, demonstrating his um, concern and care for our community through many infallible proofs, criminal justice reform prison reform, uh, low, lowest ever black unemployment, yeah. uh, HBCU donations, uh, the Opportunity Zones, the Investment and Opportunity Act, Urban Revitalization. There are so many things that he's doing on behalf of the black community that I'm going to be quite honest. If I was a member of another community, I'd be jealous. You absolutely. If I was a member of a different other ethnic group, I'd be saying, well, what the heck are you singling those? Are you sending our African-Americans to do so much for? What are you doing for us? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And the hypocrisy of the hi- Hollywood elite. I was just out there uh, doing a, a mini documentary. And, and let me tell you something. The, 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 the hypocrisy of the Hollywood elite is absolutely stifling. Pastor, let me ask you about the actions of the police chief of Chicago yesterday and then uh, the crime rate in Chicago. Here is a president who goes to Chicago with open, open uh, olive, olive branch in his hand. He's going there. But yet he is uh, rebuffed and disrespected by the chief of law enforcement in that city. What is that an indication of, uh, Pastor? Talk to us about it. It indicates to me that this police Michelle somehow lost him. Well, we lost pastors. You know what? That happened before when uh, Michelle somehow we lost him. And uh, I want you to um, get him back for me. Get Pastor Scott back for me. But somehow we lost him, uh, Michelle. And uh, I want to echo what we were saying with Pastor Daryl Scott. Pastor Scott is, in fact, telling us all, showing us all that this is something we must indeed pay attention to. Michelle, I don't hear Pastor Scott uh, that's that's the problem. I, I don't hear him. I have you. I have you up there, but I, I don't uh, have him. And so uh, this is, my friends, this is something that I do believe is, in fact, going to make a huge difference in the way that um, we do business or that government does business in the black community, or that the RNC and the DNC does business in the black community in the future. Um, 
we have found ourselves in a situation now where we cannot, we must not be lackadaisical. We cannot take the reelection of Donald John Trump for granted. And um, I want to make certain here in these next um, 12 months, well, 11 months, because quite frankly, if we don't, if we're not on track here in, I'll say, six months, if the Republicans are not on track within six months by March, by Super Tuesday time, then we are going to be in a situation where we have to. Uh, I mean, I mean, reanalyze who we are as conservatives, because, listen, um, you are allowing the um, left to identify who you are. Are you hearing me? You are allowing the left to identify who you are. They are redefining the words conservative. They are redefining what it is to be a Republican. And they are redefining what it is to be a nationalist. Yeah, all of those things. If you are in and, and hey, they are redefining what it is to be a Christian. Family, marriage, gender, you name it. The redefinition is on. Yeah, so I, I hate that we lost uh, Pastor Scott. I really do. That was we were about to uh, have a very uh <laughs> rewarding conversation. I do not know what is going on with that. Um, But just the same, you have to be, we have to be very, very uh, vigilant in the way that we approach this. Okay? We have to be very, very vigilant. And so when I think about the attack that is going on against people of white skin, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the hypocrisy here. I, I can't, Michelle, I cannot hear you. Um, I don't see you. And I just want you to know that uh, if you're listening live, I just don't don't want you to know that uh, I, I cannot. But anyway, that's fine. But there is a hypocrisy that is coming from the Hollywood elite. That is so stifling that, folks, let me tell you, you, you just won't believe uh, 
how twisted, randomly twisted that this has gotten to be. You're going to see more and more television shows that um, are on that will indeed have a very negative view of white America. And, And the hypocrisy is it's coming from liberal elite white Americans. Yeah. And and they want <laughs> they want to <laughs> make sure and keep alive the 1960s yeah that is the that's the design yeah that's the design and so what are they going to use as a platform to stimulate this type of animus uh between Americans huh what are they going to use to do that? They're going to use your ignorance. That's what they're going to They're going to use your ignorance. And friends, when I talk about that, when I talk about ignorance, I am talking about something that um, is indeed going to increase. You would think that ignorance would decrease, but no, in this case, ignorance um, will increase because there are people in college now, yeah, people in college who are defiantly ignorant and they really don't care what you think about their ignorance. Are you hearing me? And if you do not agree with them, then, friends, I am telling you that uh, this type of, I don't know, I don't know how you would call it, is indeed something that will... uh, Bring all of us down. Ignorance. Our ignorance is the thing that is keeping us down and beaten. Our ignorance. And so when we think about 
all of those things that um, I'm not really sure what's going on there. When we think about all of those things that indeed can drag us down, there is something that all of us can do about it. There's something that we can do about it, but we are not doing it. And that is getting uh, an education in (laughs) our own American existence and why we're here. We have lost ourselves in ways that I never imagined us losing ourselves. We have lost ourselves. And, and, and friends, I do not understand why that is the case. I do not understand why that is the case, but it is. So what do we do about it? I'll tell you what we do about it. We stop sitting around um, expecting them to beat us. Because that, that truly appears to be the situation. We're sitting around waiting for them to beat us. And we cannot allow that. Yeah. Cannot allow that. We, we can't keep doing that to ourselves. Becoming, um, how should I say it, learned and helpless victims. There's a learned helplessness. That's that's going on here. A learned helplessness. And when I think about um, the avenues that we're traveling, we have to do that. I think I believe I have um, Pastor Daryl Scott. Uh, we had a te- technical difficulty. Somehow we lost uh, the feed with him. Pastor Scott, are you there? Hmm. Okay, well, uh, I thought we had him, but evidently we do not. And so, uh, no, I'm here. I'm okay, here. okay, I'm there, here. Pastor, Pastor Scott. Okay, I was talking. Right okay, <laughs> great. I was, uh, I was, I want you to hold on for me through the break. We'll be right back after these brief words with Pastor Daryl Scott. Advisor to the President of the United States, New Spirit Revival Center's pastor I have on with me. And we shall return in just a few moments. Don't you go anywhere. I'll be right back.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. Greatest success story the world has ever known. We're back with my special guest today, Dr. Daryl Scott and uh, advisor to the president. And I certainly uh, want to continue our conversation about uh, you were about to answer when uh, I I lost you, Pastor Scott, about um, Chicago and the uh, liberals uh, who, in fact, are so hypocritical. What does it say about a city like Chicago who turns its nose up at a president who is only trying to help? Talk to us about that, Pastor Scott. Well, first of all, I believe it was very, very unprofessional for the um, superintendent to not only not appear, but to make a statement disparaging the president. Here he is, a man in authority, and he has people under his authority. And just from that perspective, he should not have spoken against uh, the president. He should have understood how it feels or understand what it is to be, you know, a decision maker and someone whose decisions are not always popular. Right. So he wants to disrespect the president by not appearing, but he wants those that are subordinate to him to respect him. You know, and so, it, you know, I think once again, he, he valued the opinion of the black activists more than he valued the dignity and the responsibilities of his position. You know, Pastor, you, you, you say something very important because when we uh, look at the black activists in Chicago, who are they, especially taking into uh, account Jesse uh, Smollett, uh, how disgraceful uh, that was. And, and still to this day, I, I don't understand how justice could miss the mark so so widely on, on that. But it has. But is who are this this new mayor that they have Lightfoot is Chicago is Chicago totally off the rails and she says it's a sanctuary city the president of course uh, I again I reiterate was there to help have the black leftists and the progressive white leftists in Chicago is, is it a lost cause what do you say it's very close to it unless they do something uh, quick to remedy this situation. You know what? You mentioned Jesse Smollett. They're being more careful with their remarks about him than they are with their remarks about the president of the United States. They're very vocal in their uh, remarks about President Trump, but they're walking on eggshells around this clown and actor, Jesse Smollett. 
And, and I don't understand it. And they better do something. They need to go to the ballot boxes. I really believe the people in the communities are being more and more aware of this. They need to go to the ballot box and change the leadership in Chicago so that they can uh, rescue that city before it's too late. Yes, and that is a city that certainly needs rescuing. You know, uh, Pastor, we're all aware that you were very instrumental in uh, helping all of us uh, who were a part of the First Step Act and the president's uh, uh, piece of legislation there, uh, the First Step Act. Uh, Tell us what that means to men, women as well, who have been incarcerated uh, many of the people out here in uh, flyover country, and as it is said, uh, don't really understand that this is not a bill that was des- or, or, or an idea uh, by the president, an order by the president to be soft on crime. This was designed to do something totally different. Please talk to us about that, uh, Pastor Daryl Scott. Well, the, the prison reform uh component of the First Step Act was designed to still consider federal prisoners because it's only affecting those on the federal level. Federal prisoners to still consider them as members of American society in the sense that they have the rights of all Americans. And so it's designed to counteract um, over-sentencing and then even the very name penitentiary, where we get the word penitent. Penitent means to be sorry. The penitentiary is meant for rehabilitation, not to be a punitive mechanism, not exclusively for punishment. Oh, yes, punishment has to meet the crime, but there has to be a really rehabilitative component to that punishment as well in American society. And so as looking at these prisoners who have been rehabilitated, who have genuinely reformed, who have genuinely uh, are remorseful over the crimes that they committed, and that you can see um, progress being made in their, in their life, um, in their mental uh, processes, in, in their mindset. You can see progress being made that they are deserving of being reintroduced back into American society. And so this First Step Act also takes into consideration, um, it, it, it partners with those who will provide unemployment, but, I mean, not unemployment, provide employment for those that are released. And we're doing what we can to help curb the recidivism rate so that people don't get on that, on that, that, that treadmill or that wheel and going back and forth to the penitentiary because when they come out, they don't have anything in place that can help them reacclimate to American society. Now, when I first got involved, the um, process had already begun with the Prison Reform Act. There were things that Jared Kushner was also very concerned about. They didn't want prisoners to be, you know, shipped uh, outside of a certain radius of their families so it would make it easier for families to visit. Also, just little things like getting more telephone time and things like that. But one thing that myself and my business partner, Kareem Lanier, were very adamant about and it might not show up in the history books, but I will uh, take part of the credit for it. I said, you have to include a criminal justice component. That 1994 Clinton uh, crime bill, I call it the Clinton-Biden crime bill now, the disproportionately incarcerated African-Americans, you have to undo that. That is, that, 
helped ravage our community. It took so many fathers out of homes. It was disproportionately and unfairly locking up black people like, like, like it was going out of style. And so they added the criminal justice component so there wouldn't be over-sentencing, so that there would be equity in the sentencing as well. And so I think all of it combined is very positive for people of all ethnic groups, but particularly those of us in the black community who are unfairly targeted and over-sentenced. Absolutely. And we're on with Pastor Daryl Scott, uh, New Spirit Revival Center, uh, and uh, also uh, advisor to the President of the United States, our special guest today. Pastor, tell everybody how to get a hold of you and uh, your and get a glimpse at your work if they want you to come and speak to them in their local places, wherever they may be. Talk to us about how to get a hold of you. Well, no, you can just, just just tweet. You can go to my Twitter at Pastor D Scott on Twitter. I'm in Cleveland, New Spirit Revival Center. Uh, our website is www.nsrcministries.org. Um, easy to find, but you just Twitter and DM me or something. I try to respond to people who, who DM me on Twitter. I try to respond to everybody. Yes, um, and and, and so Pastor- you just DM me on Twitter. Um, I'll contact you back. Thank you. And, Pastor, let me ask you this now. Uh, Finally, I want to uh, get to um, President Trump. And uh, when we when we think about the treachery that is and has been dealt toward him, I, I can't help but think back to the first time I met you at the uh, uh, New Spirit uh, Revival Center there. Uh, and and uh, the president was there. Hannity was there. And you and I, Don King, the president, were on stage together. And uh, the his attorney was there as well. And. Um, I would never have thought that his attorney, Cohen, would have been would have turned at that on that day over this three three years over three years ago now on that day when I I met Cohen for for the first I would have never thought that he would turn. Why is this president? I've never seen this even in his own party. He can't seem to fully trust anyone but his family and people who, of course, he has vetted himself like you. Talk to us about why this type of treachery exists around this president. Well, in Michael Cohen's case, I will say this pressure bursts pipes. I mean, I've known guys I grew up in the streets, man. The pressure get on you. I've known guys that snitch their family members out. <laughs> so, you know, he succumbed to the pressure. They scared him. They scared him and, um, you know, they scared him and then put him in jail anyway. And so, you know, uh, he, 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 couldn't, he couldn't stand up under the pressure. This other treasurer, you have to understand the president is not a career politician. And so, you know, those, those that swamp up there in Washington, D.C., that's an evil, treacherous swamp. But another thing is this, and this is a factor that, you know, you have to consider. And it's something I was on the telephone with my business partner on this morning, and he said something that I thought was very profound, Kareem Lanier. He said to me, the more and the more I look at this, he said, Pastor, you're right at what you said. I said, what? He said, this is not black versus white. This is not Democrat versus Republican. This is more a battle between good and evil, a battle between light and darkness. And I hate to say it, but, the, you know, 
even I'm not saying everyone on the Republican or on the conservative side side is good, but our policies are good. Yeah, our policies are pure. Our policies against infanticide. Our policies, uh, you know, are, are, are in place, and it seems that the you know the, the Democratic Party is being mightily used by the devil, man, to yeah. implement policies that would be unheard of in America a generation ago. You're and so now right. we see. But it's more so than just the party partisanship. It's 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 evil. It's wicked. It's an evil, wicked entity in this Democratic Party that wants to undermine all of America's core values and make us an amoral nation. Absolutely it's, right. Wants to do away with all of the moral absolutes. Who wants to do away with all of our moral standards? And almost say anything goes. They're trying to undermine this country. The devil is trying to undermine this country. And he's trying to use the Democratic Party to do it. Preach, preacher. And those on the Republican side. He's using some on the Republican side as well. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And, yeah. You know, the treachery is there. The deceit is there. But you know one thing about it? If you think about President Trump, I've never seen that guy have a bad day. I've been with him in public. I've been with him in private. And I've never seen him have a bad day where I can look at him and say, wow, he's really depressed or wow. He's really having a rough time. If he if he does, he doesn't show it. Wow. He demonstrates all of the traits and facets that a leader should, and that is what you want your leader to be more so than anything else is courageous. And his energy level, folks, I got to tell you, is just off the charts. Let me uh, uh, say this as well, uh, Pastor, when we look at uh, what whose side God would be on, if you were trying to to determine which side of uh, which party God would be for, uh, you just simply look at which party stands for what. That's all you have to do. Uh, the Democrats uh, are standing for, as Pastor said, infanticide and, 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 and the change of the family, change of gender, redefining all of that, those types of things. And on the other side of the ledger, you have those who are standing against, Republicans who are standing against that type of uh, uh, social uh, and, and society killing uh, aspects of life. And, and so if you want to see whose side God would be on, take a look at which party stands for what. And that should answer you, your question uh, for you. Pastor, I, I want to ask you this. I, I ask people this all the time. Everybody comes on the show uh, from our good friend Hannity to Judge Pirro. They come on the show, and I'm so happy to have you on. And I always ask them this question. I don't think that I've asked you this before, but it's about legacy. Uh, when uh, you decide to uh, sit on the porch, and I know it's going to be a long time from now, and rock and hold hands with your bride, look off into the sunset. Pastor Darrell uh, Scott, uh, tell us what would you want America to remember about uh, you as uh, an American, as a, a, a pastor? What, what would you want us to say? Talk to us. Well, if you could sum it up in the statement, uh, he endeavored to serve God and his country to the best of his ability. That is That's what I wanted to say. I, I wish I could sit on the porch and look out the sunset with my wife right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know exactly I what you're saying. I want to be able to get out. Every time I try to get out. They pulled me back in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I saw the movie. He endeavored to serve God, and he endeavored to, you know what, I'm not even going to embellish, though. I'm not going to say to the best of my ability, because whatever I've done for the Lord, I think I could have always done better. Yeah. And whatever I've done for my country, I think I could do better as well. 
So I'll just, I won't say to the best of his ability. I'll just say he endeavored to serve God and to serve his country. Well, Pastor, you... And live up to his convictions. Well, Pastor, you continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. Let's keep America great. Uh, Pastor Scott, I know that you're going to do your part uh, in in that effort. I'm going to do my part in that effort. You're always welcome here on the C.L. Bryant Show. And thank you so much for being on here with me today. God bless Can and I keep say it. One thing yes, in sir. Yes, sir. Can I say one thing in closing? Yes, sir. The president said something. I was with him on Friday. Uh, when he had to do his speech, uh, and he received an award at an HBCU for criminal justice reform and for uh, the first step back. But he said something I thought was very profound. And I even told him I think he needs to continue to use that. He went down the line and uh, and and gave the litany of things he had done, you know, criminal justice reform, the urban revitalization, the opportunity zones, the HBCU grants. Uh, he went down the line stating all the things he had done for the African-American community. And he summed it up by saying, the best is yet to come. <laughs> and when he said that, that got the loudest applause of the night. And I told him, I said, now you told us before, what do you have to lose? Now you need to start using that even more and more and more. The best is yet to come. And I want to leave your audience with that. I really believe the best is yet to come. I like it, and I'll be saying it. All, every Listen, you heard it first right here out of the mouth of Pastor Scott. I will be touting it. The best is yet to come. God bless you, Pastor. We'll talk to you real soon. Thank God you. God bless you. Thank you for having me. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. That was Pastor Daryl Scott of the um, – the, uh, he is, in fact, the uh, advisor – to the president, yeah, of the United States. And he is um, the pastor of the New Life Revival Center, New Spirit Revival Center, New Spirit Revival Center. There in Ohio, I've met him uh, at his church about three years ago when, when we had candidate Trump. We had candidate Trump. And I was impressed then. Impressed now, no question about it. Yeah, with this man. We have a lot to talk about here in the show. Don't you go anywhere. Um, I'm going to try to get uh, Scott McKay on with me. We tried um, to have him last um, week. And for some reason, and I keep telling you that there's ghosts, there's goblins that run around in conservative talk radio that really would not like for you to hear some things. And you got to believe that um, with all the other things that have been transpiring, all the other things that are happening in this country, uh, yeah, they got the ability. And so we're going to come back with Scott McKay when we return from this short break. You're listening to the C.L. Bryant Show throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. If you're traveling through Times Square, uh, be sure to look up above Ripley's Believe It or Not. And uh, every hour on the Red State Talk billboard, which is right there, the C.L. Bryant Show does pop up there in Times Square and old C.L.'s face looking right back at you. My good buddy uh, will join me here in just a moment. Scott McKay, after these brief words, don't go anywhere. You thought I was worth saving So you came and 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always lend a helping hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back with you coast to coast and border to border throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known. And that is uh, America. Thank you for coming along with us daily. Uh, this two hours is all we ask. And uh, you help us build the bridge to conversation. Many thousands of you out there want to thank our stations who replay the show and uh, around the country as well as loving liberty and also Liberty Roundtable. Those two platforms have invited us into their family. And, of course, you listen to us over our flagship station, Red State, the most listened to, the number one talk platform in the country. My good buddy, Scott McKay, has written a book. Scott is um, a, a sports veteran uh, as far as his analysis of it in political journalism. Also, he is a pundit of that. He has branched now into writing fiction and his book, out now is called Animus. Help me welcome Scott McKay back to the C.L. Bryant Show. How are you, friend? Hey, C.L. How's it going? Really, really good, Scott. And I want to first ask you about Animus, your newest work. Uh, tell us what the genesis of this is, how we can get a hold of it, and what's it about? Well, it's it's uh, it's available on Amazon right now. Um, just... Uh, Look for uh, Animus by Scott McKay uh, at your at your friendly Amazon app and website. Uh, it's a it's a uh, action adventure story, I guess. It's set in a, 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 a on a, a di- in a different world that kind of sort of resembles ours. Um, and uh, it's a lot about you know good and evil, love versus hate, uh, civilization versus barbarism, and all of those good things. And so far, all the people that have read it tell me it's great. So, well, Scott, uh, really excited about Scott, uh, about doing my... this. I've been thinking about writing a, a a novel for twenty years, and finally got around to doing it. And now I'm busy writing a second one. Well, fantastic! I mean, it's going to be great knowing Scott McKay, the author, the the great writer. I mean, great friend of mine as well, folks. Hey, yeah, had him right here first. First book, everything out there right here on the CL Bryant Show. Listen, Scott, you know uh, when we think about uh, the uh, dualities uh, of uh, existences and civilization and so forth, there seems to be an alternate reality uh, going on. Now, in our state of Louisiana, we have that alternate reality too. Uh, 
as far as having a Democrat governor in a red state. Does do we have an opportunity to actually change that picture? Is Responi going to be the candidate who can take down this sitting governor? Talk to us. Well, there was a poll released yesterday for uh, a bunch of news uh, stations around the state, uh, TV stations. Um, And in that poll, uh, John Bell Edwards, the Democrat, was uh, still holding a 48 to 46 lead on Eddie Rispone, who's the Republican. Um, But, you know, the the thing of it is, is that uh, when you're an incumbent and you're polling under 50, you are exceptionally vulnerable. Um, and this thing is really just a, it's a turnout election at this point. So it, it really just depends on Republican voters getting out. Um, you know, Edwards really underperformed, uh, against the polls in the primary. Uh, there was a poll that had him as high as 55%, uh, and he ended up at 46 and a half. So, uh, I, you know, in every election you run into this, this kind of shy voter thing and these, you know, Republicans, continuously underperform uh, in the in the polls as, as compared to what they do on Election Day. So if I'm Responi and I'm tied or a point or two behind Edwards and Edwards is below 50, I'm feeling pretty good about my prospects, um, particularly when you look at uh, how races across the state have already gone. Uh, the Republicans are going to have the largest legislative majority that they've had really since Reconstruction, um, based on the results of what's already happened in the primaries. And, uh, you know, so there's a certain degree of desperation and, and despondency that Democrats across the state have, and one wonders whether they're going to even turn out for the runoff as a result of that. Wow. And, you know, that is something to keep your eye on, folks. And uh, then you do offer us hope as uh, regaining that that uh, chair for the gubernatorial chair in Louisiana for Republicans. This is something that I had been asked, Scott, and I, I, I really hadn't had a chance to sit down and actually analyze it. But now that I have you on, I want to run this question by you. Uh, so many of the establishment Republicans did, in fact, believe that Ralph Abraham, the other Republican that was running in in, uh, the the primary was the candidate to run against John Bell. Now, uh, Responi was much less so heralded as the the, the candidate. What was the uh, problem, I guess I should say, with Abraham? What what happened there? Because talking about underperformance, he underperformed. Well, he did. I mean, I, I think the big problem that Ralph Abraham had is he just didn't have enough money. Um, you know, Responi is a, a, a super successful businessman. He runs an industrial construction company that, uh, you know, has several thousand employees and does, uh, you know, very high value work building oil refineries and power plants and things like that. Um, you know, and so he pretty much had an unlimited supply of cash to dump into this thing. He spent twelve or thirteen million dollars uh, on the primary of his own money, pretty much. And you know, Abraham had maybe a couple million dollars to spend on the whole campaign. And when you get outspent like that, it's very, very difficult to win. The other thing is, as you know, as wonderful a guy as Ralph Abraham is, he just wasn't all that great a public speaker. And when he got into the televised debates, 
he ran into some trouble. Right. Um, right. And, and, you know, Rispone, when the campaign got started, wasn't all that good a public speaker. But, I mean, once he got into practice, Eddie got good. Yeah, he turned into um, one. He certainly turned and, into one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, like I was at a, a thing yesterday. Uh, I, you know, Rispone raised the better part of a million dollars yesterday. Wow. Um, at, at a couple of different events that he did. He had Mike Pence come into Baton Rouge yesterday. Uh, and there was a big fundraiser at the Country Club of Louisiana that, you know, raised over a half a million dollars, as I'm told. And he was on the North Shore of New Orleans uh, at, a, at a fundraiser during lunch and raised a quarter million dollars there. I mean, yeah. I, he's he's at the point where he's really consolidating a lot of support. You know, but the thing was, is that, you know, and then this is you have this happen pretty much all the time with first you know, first time candidates is there's this long learning curve where they're concerned. And, you know, Eddie, as a result of that, I think started kind of slow uh, and people wrote him off. But once those ads went on TV, you know, he was able to brand himself to such a way that people just felt like, you know, he might be the, the better candidate. And, you know, now it's it's really more or less an R versus D race in a red state which I think gives Rasponi an advantage. I certainly am uh, banking on that information being absolutely accurate come uh, uh, the vote uh, here in just a week. And so uh, let me ask you this, Scott, uh, and I'm sorry that we couldn't get you on early. only have about five minutes left, four and a half minutes left. I do want to ask you about Hayride. How is the Hayride doing? It looks like it has uh, given birth to a national author. Uh, Talk to us about Hayride. Well, you know, it's, it's it's a site. We mostly cover Louisiana politics, but also all around the South. Um, and we've been at it for about 10 years. Um, it just kind of recently just expanded. We're doing a lot more in Texas and some other states now. Uh, but, you know, Louisiana politics has always sort of been the, uh, the, the basis of what we do. And, and this year it's certainly been a uh, major emphasis with you know, this being the statewide uh, election cycle year in Louisiana, it's a little bit different uh, than most of the rest of the country. Here we have really off-year elections. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's been a massive campaign, tons of legislative seats, and we've really, I think, done a really good job of, of covering all that. So site's doing great. Traffic is up. Uh, you know, we've managed to uh, to survive all of the things that Facebook has tried to do to minimize uh, our, our uh, reach through uh, through their uh, platform with the algorithm changes and all that. They tried to kill us and couldn't. Um, and, uh, you know, we're doing pretty well. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the future. You and you and President Trump, they always try to take you out. But, Scott, you and Trump always survive. <laughs> <laughs> listen, man. That's it. That's exactly right. <laughs> I, I want to thank you. And, and listen, we have to have you back uh, real soon. I want to have you on much longer. There's much that I'd like to talk to you about, especially when we're talking about Louisiana politics. I believe we'll wait until after the gubernatorial election so we can do a postmortem of uh, that race to see sure. uh, what happened. But listen, God bless you and God keep you. Thank you again for being on with me here today. Scott McKay, the author of the book Animus. Get it. Amazon. Hey, read it. And I, Scott, I'm looking for my autograph copy. I'll talk to you real soon.
Will do. Thanks, CL. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show, and that was my good buddy, Scott McKay. He has a new book out that all of you should take a look at. It is called Animus. Animus, and you can get it on Amazon. Yeah, and also, uh, if you have Amazon Prime while you're there, Amazon Prime, be sure to download my movie, my film, uh, runaway slave runaway slave uh downloaded the documentary award-winning documentary uh best in limited released in 2014 was it 14 13 can't remember but right now uh it uh, is right there on amazon prime watch it in the comfort of your own home Runaway Slave on Amazon Prime. Also, if you don't have the um, app, the C.L. Bryant Show app on your favorite device, download it onto your favorite device. Tell a friend about the C.L. Bryant Show. I want to thank all of you throughout the Fruited Plains who come along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. Hey, listen, don't go anywhere. I still have a lot to talk to you about today. I mean, really, um, it, it is it is just uh, you, you've heard the word surreal and I don't use uh, the term spiritual uh, often because today even that has been redefined uh, what, it, what it means to be, you know, well, spiritual. It's OK if you're spiritual, but it's not OK if you're a Christian. OK, oh, you can be spiritual all day long. <laughs> everybody is spiritual you know uh, because that's what that's what you are truly you're a spirit housed in a, a body here on earth you're, you're a spirit housed in a body yeah that's the way i believe it and that person who looks out those windows of your eyes that person is the one that lives forever it's able to perceive what you're seeing here on earth right now but uh that person is able to perceive so much more than that your dreams uh give you the indication that that is absolutely so that person uh, is experiencing somewhere else so the things that are going on in uh, our nation right now, they do boil down to, if you pay close attention to what is going on here, if you pay clo- play close attention to what's happening, you'll see that this is far beyond what we're seeing happening coming out of Washington, D.C., is far beyond anything in the ordinary. After the top of the hour, we'll talk about it. I'll be right back. 